Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Hey, welcome to episode 177. Today, we're talking about the number one reason fundraisers fail. But before we jump in, I hope you guys have been enjoying these last few episodes. We are in the largest giving season of the year, right? So the month of November, the month of December, this is where people start really amping up their giving. They start looking at how they can be more generous as we get closer to the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. And as I've shared before, December is the largest giving month of the year. So we want to make sure that we make good use of our next few weeks and the next month and a half. So be sure to listen up. Today, I want to talk about something that may be happening inside of your organization, maybe happening inside of your fundraiser that is causing it to fail. And so if we can address this one thing, I have a feeling that the floodgates could open up to a lot more dollars for your cause. And that's really what I want for you, okay? So listen up. I'm going to share. Normally, people think about the reason a fundraiser failed is, is because maybe the leadership, maybe the volunteers, maybe we just didn't work hard enough. Maybe we didn't knock on enough doors. We didn't ask enough people to give. And of course, that is so important to fundraising. We have to ask more people. And the numbers are usually in our favor. When we ask more people, you're going to see some people say yes. And and that's really sales 101. The more people you ask, the more people who are going to say yes. And But I will tell you that the number one reason a fundraiser fails is not because we didn't work hard enough. And that is so contrary to what many people believe. And this actually became such a huge eye-opener for me. After I had done, you know, a few of my really, really successful fundraisers, I was starting to see my fundraisers struggling and I, I couldn't quite figure it out. So of course I had several conversations with my mentor at the time and I was talking with him about, you know, what is going on and what do I need to be paying attention to. And of course, he was overseeing over 60 fundraisers and over, you know, he had a lot of staff that he was overseeing at the time. And he wanted to make it really clear to me that year three was going to be a struggle. And I thought, well, that's that's silly. We should see progressive growth every single year, right? And he said, no, year three, you're actually going to see a decline. And the reason for that decline is because of this number one reason fundraisers fail is because you're going to deal with conflict. And so the number one reason fundraisers fail is actually internal conflict. It's not external issues. And that to me was very eye-opening because I thought for sure everything that I was dealing with, the reason why the dollars weren't coming in was because we just didn't have the support from our community. We just didn't have people who knew enough about what we were doing. But in actuality, it was conflict that we were dealing with. Now, right now we are dealing with a pandemic We're we're going to be most likely hit with some economic challenges, you know, because a lot of people are without jobs at this point. And so there's still a lot of uncertainty that's happening in the environment that we're in. And for those of you guys who are familiar with a SWOT analysis, this may be something that you guys need to sit down and do just so that you're just really aware of what's going on. So a SWOT analysis is basically going through strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That's what SWAT stands for, if you've heard of it. Many of you guys have done those in the past, but it's it's really just sitting down with a sheet of paper and writing out, hey, what are our strengths? 
what are our weaknesses? What opportunities do we have? And what threats are out there? And you can start to see what's going on. But sometimes this is where I think that we forget that our volunteers, our donors, the people that are in our inner circle, they all have to work collectively. They all have to work together for the common good of your cause. And if you have any conflict that's going on, you're going to have to address that before you send your volunteers out, before you deploy your team, send them out and have them go and share the great reasons why people should give to your cause. So I have noticed this so much in the last year, and I I don't know if this is what you're dealing with, but I wanted to have this conversation today on the podcast because it is something that will absolutely stop your fundraising in its tracks. It's why your fundraiser will fail. And so if we cannot address conflict, if we don't, if we're conflict avoiding, you know, all the way around, you're going to have a really tough time raising funds. And so let's talk through that. And if you're not in the middle of a conflict, that's okay, right? That's a good thing, huh? But I just want to have this conversation so that you guys are prepared for it. And then you can actually create a plan so that you know what to do and how to address it so that it doesn't ruin your fundraising. It doesn't take over. So if you are dealing with conflict right now, I just want you to know that you are normal, okay? This is a normal thing to happen whenever you put more than two people in a room. I don't know. Whenever two people come together, you've got a monster, right? Two heads, it's a monster. So you're dealing with all these different personalities, different ideas. And when you start having these ideas come together, although beautiful for your cause, it also causes some drama. And so let's talk through the reasons why the reasons why conflict even happened in the first place and then let's we'll talk through how we can actually address them. So conflict typically comes up because you've had a disagreement, maybe there's a power struggle, oh MG, I have dealt with power struggles, right? You've got people who have money, you have people who have influence and they're used to being in charge. So you, you put them in a room together and you try and get them to work together, you're going to have power struggles. A lot of people that you probably have recruited, they've got an ego, pride, jealousy creeps in. Maybe, you know, when you're dealing with conflict with staff, you've got people who think that they should be compensated more and they're not, or you don't have the funds to increase their, their finances. And so there's, there's conflict that arises, you know, behind the scenes there. Maybe they're having problems at home. You know, we're in a pandemic. So if, you know, people are just trying to deal with their emotions and they don't know how to verbalize them. And so they just stuff it. They're trying to, you know, teach their kids at home and, you know, just this whole new season that we're in, there's going to be just challenges that happen behind the scenes. And sometimes you just have a bad day, right? Sometimes you just are not doing good. <laughs> and and you just caught somebody on the wrong day and they weren't feeling good and they were stressing out and they're feeling anxious and you just came across them on that day and it wasn't meant for you and you got the raw end of the deal. So that happens and that's where sometimes this conflict bubbles up. And and usually this all comes around where people feel like maybe their safety and security are challenged. You know, in a previous episode, I talked about, you know, the six basic needs and I talked through, you know, the six basic needs of certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, growth, and contribution. And so 
right now, there's a lot of uncertainty that we're dealing with. And so if people feel that sense of uncertainty, it starts to show up in different places. So it might show up in their volunteer work. It might show up in their actual work if you have those staff members. And you are trying to figure out what's wrong. What did I do? And it, it all comes back to the fact that we're living in these really, really uncertain times. And people are trying to make decisions, but it's so hard when each week things are changing. So, and then of course we have an election on top of this and we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these holidays that people love spending time with their family. And so they're just, you know, sad. They're sad that things aren't happening the way that they had anticipated them to to happen. So I want to just right there address that there's a lot of different reasons why conflict come up and why it's so important that we anticipate them. And we understand that when we have just a handful of people that are all working, trying Trying to work together, that conflict is inevitable. It will happen. So we just have the challenge of how do we deal with it? So the two things that come up, you know, the two major reasons for conflict after saying all of that, the two major reasons for conflict come back to these two things, one communication and two emotions, communication and emotions, the two major reasons for conflict. And when you think about communication, you know, you think that we're doing a a fairly good job sharing with our people what's going on, but communication, if you are lacking that communication, if you are giving either poor information, no information, lack of information, misinformation, even let's just even say you give really good information. Like you feel like you guys have been on top of it, that you have shared really good information about what to do and how to move forward. But for some reason, the other side is not receiving it and they just don't know what to do with that information. You're going to still deal with conflict. So it's crazy because you think, hey, we're doing a really great job of communicating. I don't understand why people are not getting it. And it could be a number of reasons why it's just not sinking in. And we all process information so differently. And so you could think that you are so clear that you have made this, you know, we're going to do boom, 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 and they don't get it. And it just, you feel like no matter what you say, it's just not getting across that's normal, right? It's just normal. So to to really get through, you just you do need to be clear, concise, accurate, and then you also have to be timely. You know, I was talking with a family member who recently she didn't get fired and she didn't get let go from her position during the pandemic, but she was so frustrated because nobody gave her any information. And so in the end, she quit. She quit a really, really great job because she just didn't have timely information and she felt like she was, you know, to be disposed of. And, you know, when you feel like you're not needed or wanted in an organization, whether that's a volunteer, whether that's a staff person, you're going to, you're going to probably lose them. So I want to encourage you right now during this season, over communicate over-communicate. You can never communicate too much. Giving people updates, giving them information about what you know, even if you don't know anything, it's important that you share that. So when we were talking about the year-end support letter and that year-end you know, appeal that you're going to give, I, I made it really clear that in that piece that you're sharing, you're giving communication that's up-to-date, that gives them timely information, clear, concise, 
accurate information to let them know what you've been doing over the course of the last year so that they feel confident in giving and also being a part of what you're doing. If they don't know anything, this is where the human brain starts to fill in the gaps. You know, you've heard stories so many times from people where, you know, you're, you visually start to create colors and create locations. And, and as they're telling the story, you've created this elaborate picture inside of your mind to fill in the gaps of this story that's being told. And no matter whether that's reading a book, listening to a podcast, you know, as I'm telling you stories, you know, the story that I just told you about my family member, I bet you started to fill in and started to to think about the kind of job that she might have and the kind of life that she was living and how she, you know, and so we just do that, right? We just, we fill in the gaps of the stories. And so if we don't give a clear story and don't give them the information that they need, they will fill in the gaps. And if a volunteer feels left out, they feel like their voice isn't being heard. A staff member feels like they're disposable. They're going to start to find alternative places to go and they're going to leave and quit, right? And that is the last thing we want to see is our volunteers drop off, you know, the people that we love and care about, our staff members, we don't want to see any of them leave during this time because of uncertainty or lack of communication. So, all right, number one with that communication and then number two with emotions. So some of us, and I have talked about this many times, I am a pretty, you know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. You guys, as you listen to this, you know that my heart just, it breaks for our charities. I, I feel very you know, such an empathy, you know, just for where you guys are at, trying to navigate your fundraising, trying to figure out how to get through this season and just all seasons, right? Like sometimes things are good, sometimes things are bad, but I just want to be here with you as you go through that because I feel you. I understand that. But emotions, sometimes they can they can take over. And then all of a sudden you find yourself where people are angry they're, they're hot. They like, they just, you know, are filled with like, this wasn't done the way that I wanted it to be done. So then they rise up and they start to, you know, just verbalize that. And so you start to get these emotions typically for us, you know, as I've talked about different, you know, personality tests and things that, you know, you may have taken in the past Enneagram and some of those others, it usually falls into three brackets, three different emotions that tend to be at the root of most of us. And for those of us who are a bit, uh, you know, in the heart side, of things. We deal with shame, you know, so, you know, nobody wants to be put in front of a group and look like they, they didn't know what they were doing. So if you put somebody in a position where they're like, they don't have the information that they need and communication is, is not great. They're going to, they're not going to put themselves out there because they don't want to be put in a position that they could possibly feel shame. So you've got shame, you've got fear, Fear is obviously huge. Many of us deal with fear and that is, you know, those people who really process things, you know, in their heads, those guys deal a lot with fear. And then you've got the anger side where it's like, you know, when you're, you just feel it in your gut and all of a sudden it it lashes out and it comes out as anger. So when you think about that, when people are dealing with conflict, it either is going to come out of one of these three areas, anger, shame, and fear. And you know that the reason why they're doing that is just it's 
it's human nature. They're just trying to respond to what's going on in their environment. So emotions also come up because of, you know, past hurts. Maybe they have trust issues with their, you know, a previous boss or previous relationships. Maybe they felt like they've been in this position before and they just don't want to find themselves back here again. So emotions will come up around just about everything. So reassuring your volunteers, reassuring your people that, you know, you were moving forward they, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay in this, but, you know, and, but those emotions, they do tend to create problems because they drive your, your decision-making. And so if you're feeling shame or you're feeling fear or you're feeling anger, you're going to say things that maybe you'll regret later. And then that's where conflict does kind of take, take hold. So, all right, let's talk through about, you know, now that we know that emotions and communication are so important to overcoming the the idea of conflict one thing that we need to do is we have to have some sort of plan in place to address conflict you probably have gone through some conflict management stuff in the past but the main thing here is just conflict resolution how do we when conflict arises what do we need to do to actually come together on this and and create a solution to the problem now there's some things that you can just set like rules that you can set as an organization that you know there is emotion that comes up in text messages and emails. And, you know, when, whenever you can't hear a person's voice, you can start to hear things that aren't really there. I mean, text messages and, and specifically emails, if you feel any sense of emotion in that message, pick up the phone. That was a rule that we said in, you know, my most recent organization I was working with where I was like, if you feel there's any emotion coming through in that email, coming through in that text message, pick up the phone because you need to hear that person's voice and you need to know that it wasn't coming across as being, you know, that they were coming down on you or they were upset or whatever that is. And maybe they were, and you need to be able to address it right in that moment to say, what's going on? Let's talk through this so that we, I know what we're dealing with and you know what we're dealing with. There's been so many times where I've had to actually, you know, I had to fire a volunteer and you may be in that position at some point where you have to let people go because they just aren't a good fit for your organization. And that's okay. But I would hate to see somebody leave your cause, step away from the work that you're doing because of a, you know, miscommunication that happened through a text or an email that went out. So this is one that just set that rule that you have within your organization and with you personally, that if there's emotion, we're going to pick up the phone and make sure that we address it. So there's, there's a handful of different things that you can do to resolve and to just, you know, leverage conflict because when you deal with conflict, you usually, if it's addressed well, you can come out on the other end and really be a better person for it. And sometimes it bonds people in relationship once they've been through conflict. Cause it's like, okay, we, we know what this is like. Think about relationships, right? People who are dating, people who have, you know, are married, when you can get through that first conflict, you know that you're going to be okay and you're going to be able to get through whatever else comes your way. So when people are like, it's always rainbows and butterflies and we've always had this great, perfect relationship, that's when I get concerned about their organization and about their work because I was like, conflict will come because there's two people here. There's a monster in the room. (laughs) So we're going to have to address conflict at some point 
point. And if we everything's always rainbows and butterflies, we're never going to be able to know, are we going to withstand that? Do we have a strong enough foundation to move forward? So I'm going to give you just nine different things right now. These are just a, a few things that you can think about as far as what do you do in conflict? How do we actually resolve it? So sometimes when you get into that situation, the first one is sometimes you can just turn the other cheek. Sometimes you're just like, it's fine. It is what it is. It'll be okay. And you just, you don't really, it doesn't rise up a ton of emotion in you. And you're like, it's fine. This is just the way that that person is, or this is just how they're processing information. The more you get to know you, the people that you work with, the more you start to understand that it's not typically that they're doing something to cause problems or they want to be an issue. Sometimes people just play the devil's advocate. They're just looking at all the different ways that this thing could go down and maybe could cause problems for your cause. So in the end, you're probably like, man, I really like that person on our group or on our committee because they see things that I don't see. And that's really awesome. So I can turn the other cheek about a snide comment or you know something that might've come up that was just like, hey, that's just part of their personality and it's not a big deal and you can let that go. So turn the other cheek. That's one option. Okay. A second one is just compromise, come together on it and just say, Hey, I know you want to do this. I want to do this. What can we do to come in the middle and work through that? I know compromise is hard, you know, because sometimes people want to be right. I know I've been there for the most part. I'm okay with being wrong. I don't know why. I just, I'm like, it's fine. If we can come to a solution where it's best for both parties, it's okay to be wrong. That doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you, they had a better idea than I did. And for us to come together and talk through it and come together on a compromise, that is beautiful. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is just to forgive. It is so hard to just say, you know what? You hurt me. You hurt me. I hurt you, whatever the situation was, and just forgive and say, I'm sorry, I did not mean to do that or vice versa. So forgiveness is a big one, you know, and I know for those of you who are um, my faith-based crew, you know, I mean, forgiveness, we know that that is, it takes root in your spirit. It takes root in your soul and you need to let that go. So even if the other person doesn't receive it, sometimes you just got to sit back and say, you know what, I forgive you for that. And it's, you're just saying it to the world and just saying, you know, I forgive them and it's okay. I've had family members who are like, you know, a loved one is long gone and they've had to forgive that person for the hurt that, you know, they put in their life, you know, and sometimes you just got to sit back and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to let that go and I'm going to forgive them for what they did. And they probably will never know that I did this or I forgave them, but it is what it is. And I'm going to do that. So number four is compassion, you know, having compassion on the other side. And then number five is empathy. And I know compassion and empathy are so, you know, they're used interchangeably, but at the same time, when you're compassionate and you feel sorry, like you feel like, okay, I can, and this is where it's like, you don't have to feel sorry for the other person on the other end, but sometimes you do where you're like, man, they got a lot going on in their life right now. Like they got those kids at home. They're, you know, maybe caregiving for a parent. You just have compassion to say, I, that is, that sucks. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And, and I understand that you probably lashed out at me 
And that was something that all circulated around this thing. The other thing is empathy, you know, really being empathetic and feeling it. Now, compassion is like you're feeling sorry, but empathy is like you feel it in your spirit where you're like, man, I just, I, I feel what they're going through and I don't, I don't ever want them to have to go through that because I've been there or I understand it. And so you just really, really intensely um, know that, hey, we're going to get through this. We're going to move past this. The next one, number six, is just finding common ground. Once again, back to compromise. But really, when it when it comes down to it, you don't either side doesn't have to be right. It just is. You're just going to find common ground and come together on it. Number seven, being an active listener and actually like speaking less and and you know really listening more. That will help so much because now all of a sudden we're we're really understanding where they're coming from. We're listening. We're you know being aware of the fact that you might not have the entire story and and you can come together on that. So the other thing, number eight, I I talk about this a lot is just serving people. I think that there's something so valuable about serving people and going above and beyond instead of looking at, well, what's in it for me, start looking at how can I take care of them? How can I show up and really serve them? You know, maybe they are having a rough go and things are, you know, hard. What can I do to help make their life a little bit better? How can I come to them and and maybe just remind them that I've got their back or I've, you know, give them a gift or give them, you know, groceries or give them, you know, something, I don't know, whatever that thing is, but address how you can serve them. Now, when it comes to fundraising, I often talk about serving, you know, show up filled up, I'll say often, and showing up in a place where you're like, hey, I'm not here just to take from you. I'm not here just, you know, those volunteers who are volunteering their time and your staff who are dedicated so much to your cause. It is so good to like come back and be like, I care about you as a human and I want to serve you and take care of you and be there for you because that's what humans do. And that's what we should do. We should care about each other whether or not you're receiving all of the benefits. It feels good. It feels good to help people. And so if you can show up and really serve them well, that's going to, you know, that's going to be huge for your relationship. And then the final thing is is really just to do the right thing. Do the right thing, even if it sucks, even if it hurts, even if it's, you know, it doesn't feel good. You know, just do the right thing. And you know what that is. You know that sometimes it's not for the benefit of the cause, you know, like in the long run, maybe it's not going to turn into financial gain, but it, in the end, it's going to repair the relationship and it's just the right thing to do. We live in a society where sometimes people are just, we are so selfish and that is just human nature that we are selfish. And so if we can set ourself aside for a moment and just do the right thing to care for the people in our inner circles and in our volunteer teams, in our organization, staff, and leadership, you will see huge changes. You will see a cohesiveness, a unity within your team that will cause you to increase your donations and and create a vision that everybody really wants to be a part of. And we often refer to that as a movement, that we are all moving in the same direction together to create that end goal, which is the vision. So as you're working with your volunteers, working with your team, and you're thinking about the year end and the holidays, this is really the gift giving season. This is the season where we do kind of have this great excuse to love on people, maybe a little bit more than normal. And so I just want to challenge you as you're moving into these next couple weeks and in 
into, you know, the year end that you look at the relationships that surround you because if you have internal conflict, your fundraiser will fail. I'm just going to say it. It sucks. <laughs> but your fundraiser will fail if you have that that strife and that inner conflict that's going on, you're going to have those challenges. So, addressing things head on is is the best way to do this. You know, if there is an elephant in the room that you need to address today, I'm going to challenge you to to go after that. Go schedule a conversation with somebody and say, you know what? I think we need to have a conversation. We need to talk through this because I care about you and I want you to be happy. I want you to feel comfortable being able to talk with me. So if that happens today, you know, I, I just want to push you towards that conversation. Maybe there needs to be forgiveness. Maybe you need to have a little bit of empathy or compassion for what they're going through and vice versa, that it's just something that needs to be addressed. And as you move towards these next next several weeks and you're raising funds, I, I will let you know when you free up this conflict, you become so much more attractive to your donor because they're like, wow, you took, you know, like they really feel like you took care of your, you take care of your people well. And that's what I want outsiders to see about your cause is that when they give donations to your cause, you're going to be a good steward of it. You're going to make sure that it, it lands where it needs to go. You're not going to waste their money on these conversations with people that are going nowhere because you just can't seem to get along. That is one of the major things that I think you know just totally becomes something that just turns me completely off when it comes to an organization is when I see that their people don't get along. I'm like, if this is what I'm seeing on the outside, what's actually happening internally? So if you have, this is just something to think about. If you have a problem with somebody on your team, let's just say it's a staff member, do not vent your problems to your volunteers. This was something that I see over and over. You start to look at your volunteers as these are your best buds. These are your friends. And I have to remind you that they're volunteers for your cause. They are not your best friends. And maybe some of you have your best friends in those positions, but I, I want to challenge you to make sure that you address the problems with the people that need to be, you know, that this needs to be addressed with. And don't bring these third party people into the conversation because what they're going to do is they're going to take up that conflict. They're going to start to take sides. And they're gonna, they're not gonna like the people that you don't like. And now all of a sudden you you solve the relationship with that person, you guys get over the conflict, and now the volunteer has a conflict with that person because you created it. <laughs> so you can see where this can take just a crazy, take your organization in a crazy direction that you don't want to go. So this is where I want you just to think on this today. Make sure that you're prepared for these conversations as they come up, for these conflicts that will come up because they will, and create your plan. Create that resolution of what are we going to do when this happens and start creating some rules in your organization to say, if this happens, here's how we want you to resolve it. You know, you immediately or whatever the conversation, take a few minutes to pause, take a breath. If you have a motion, do not go to that person until you have cleared that and then clearly have that communication with them. Be clear, concise, accurate, timely. We're going to make sure that we are informing our people. We're making sure that they feel like they are in the know, they're insiders, they know what's going on. So I hope today's conversation is helpful for you wherever you're at. I hope that you don't have any conflict. I mean, that would be a dream, right? That you don't have any conflict in your organization, but I'm going to bet that if you have at least one volunteer, if you have one, one staff person that you're going to deal with conflict at some point, 
point. So I hope today's conversation helps you navigate through that. Know that you're not alone. Conflict is normal. And sometimes you're dealing with issues that happened years and maybe even decades ago that have never been addressed. And you have to bring that up and and really bring it to the surface, address it, and be able to move forward from it. Otherwise, it'll just fester and it'll create problems for you for years to come. So I want to see your year-end fundraising being so successful. I want people to look at you and say, that's an organization I want to align with. That's an organization that has integrity and they have, you know, they're honest, they forgive each other, they love each other, and they want to really create an impact in the world. I want to be a part of that. So you can see where when this conflict is addressed, you are going to be so much more attractive to your donor base and more people are going to want to be a part of it. So on that note, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And if you need anything, please reach out to me. You can catch me maryvaloney.com and be sure to hit that let's connect and we can have a conversation, see if there's any way that I can help you, especially as you gear up for 2021. I'm going to be sharing some updates about some opportunities here in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that so that we can make sure that we start 2021 off right. But be sure as you wrap up 2020, let's get every dollar that we can get. Let's get those year-end support letters out there, have conversations with these donors. And if you need to address a conflict, I challenge you today to address it, have this conversation and be done with it so that you can move forward and really see great impact for your cause. All right. Have a great week. Let's go change the world, right? Hey, why not? Let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time. See you guys. 